Tonight is July 11th, 2018, and the title of tonight's message is Put Your Clothes On. <laughs> Put your clothes on, people. Look, all I have to say about that is that I was perusing uh, OneLifeChange.com today just to see what we had on this subject. And uh, I have to tell you, uh, all the way back in 2006, I found something that was pretty interesting. It's a, uh, a sermon preached in, back in May of, of 2006, and it's called Take Your Clothes Off. So I thought that I would take the second part of that message and put the clothes back on to us tonight. Because it, it kind of felt like it was, it was lacking a little bit, like we needed to, a second half of that to restore and, and push forward. So that's what we're going to do tonight. Before uh, we really get started, uh, I know that you heard from uh, Pastor Wade how amazing Peru is going, but man, it is, it is truly a miraculous work. You know, Chivai has, it's a little village, it only has about 8,000 people in it, but people are getting set free and healed and hearing the gospel, and getting miraculously changed. And that little village of 8,000 people is getting turned upside down because of the work that the Brasses are doing. I mean, that's what the gospel does. It, if you believe, then the gospel will do that wherever you are. Can you, I mean, 8,000 people, and the, the village is going crazy because they're seeing things that they've never seen before. It's, it's unbelievable. The... The men and women and families that are being raised up in this church are the real deal. Which means that tonight I'm talking about you. You're the real deal tonight. There's nothing fake about, about what we're doing. What's up, Yusuf? <laughs> What's going on, family? It's good to see you guys here. Welcome. This is the real deal. What we have is real, guys. I hope that you realize that. The evidence is, is that when we go away from here and we go halfway across the world or wherever else that we go, it's real. What we have actually does what it says that it does. And that is something amazing. So, have you guys been enjoying the, uh, the pastor's eschatological series over the last couple of weeks? I don't know about you, but I'm very, very into eschatology. It's one of my favorite subjects in the Word, and I can honestly say that the last two weeks I've learned so much. And one of my favorite things about eschatology is the way that it affects us today. It's, it's not just some futuristic event that's going to happen and it has no bearing on us right now. It actually has a tremendous bearing on the way that we should be living today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And I think that our pastors are doing a tremendous job with it. Uh, I'm excited about what's to come. Uh, this eschatological series is Sundays. So I know last week was 4th of July on Wednesday. This Wednesday, we're going to talk about putting our clothes back on. So are you guys excited? Okay. <laughs> Amen. I hope that you can see at least one or two eschatological themes in tonight's message. And uh, hopefully it'll, it, you know, whether it connects some dots for you or not, we'll get back to that on Sunday. But tonight we're going to talk about deeds of righteousness and our purpose. I don't know if, if you can feel what Justin Treister talked about to open up the service, but there's something special 
happening here tonight. The, the, the Spirit of God is holy, and He's moving on a people that He is making holy. And throughout worship, which was unbelievable and supernatural in every way, uh, I believe that the Lord wants to carry on something supernatural into this, into this Word. And so I want to do a quick recap about the, uh, the series that we're in to kind of catch up and launch us into the message tonight. Is that okay? Yes. Two Sundays ago, resurrection, the consequence of faith. This was Eric. He talked about a couple things. He said, this life is not about escaping to the hope that you will have, but laboring because of the hope that you do have. That is a very, very, very important distinction. Because eschatology affects us right now. The hope that we have right now is affecting the way that we live right now. Somebody say amen. amen. It's not just about the resurrection, church, but also about where you think your end goal might be in this life. See, we're not just looking at the resurrection. A lot of times we're looking at, okay, well, what's my next step tomorrow? What's my next step after LCM maybe? I mean, what's, what's my next step in life? What's my next relationship? We aren't trying to hold on until we can get to our next station. We are striving with all of his resources to be exactly who we are called to be here and now. If, if you could grab a hold of that tonight, that concept right there, then ever, anything else that happened tonight would be worth it. If you could grab a hold that we're not, we're not just here. This is not just a placeholder. It's not just a, a marker in your life on the way to something greater. You are here right now. And the Holy Spirit has the opportunity to move on you right here, right now, to do His will right where you're sitting, right where you're standing tonight. Tomorrow when you wake up, right when you wake up, right when you get on your feet, right when you get your day started, you're going to have the opportunity to, to bring his kingdom to earth right here, right now, guys. We're not going to blow off this season in hopes of getting to the next one. We're going to live right here in the present and, and do as much as we possibly can with what we have. Last Sunday, we talked about sheep and goats, the consequence of deeds. That was Pastor Wade. I thoroughly enjoyed that message as well. It was awesome. All those parables in Matthew, it's, it's hard. It, it was hard before to look at those seven parables and say, oh yeah, that's about the believer. That's about me. But once you looked at those seven parables side by side, one after another after another, didn't it become just crystal clear to you? Wow, that is the church. And the only thing that separates one category from another are deeds. Deeds carried out in faith. If you had to boil it down to one thing, the deeds were the evidence that the faith that you have is real. That was powerful to me. Your very sustenance is to do the will of God for your life. Where does that start? Well, it starts with what we're talking about tonight, church. It starts with your purpose. The sustenance to do the will of God starts with the purpose for which you are here walking around on this planet. The purpose for which you have 
may or may not have a wife or have children or have generations after you, the very purpose for the Lord adding all of this to your life is the purpose that he's given you. Some of us are discontented and we don't know why. Sometimes we can get in in a little bit of a lull. Sometimes we can get in a little bit of, I'm just kind of dissatisfied with the, the season that I'm in. I'm just kind of dissatisfied right now. I, I, I don't really know what it is exactly, but I feel like I'm in a rut and I feel like I'm going through the motions and I feel like today was just a normal day and now I'm at church and this is great and stuff, but what about a couple hours ago? This is the reason why. It's because we are spiritually hungry from a lack of purposeful deeds. That's why. So, in light of the last two or three messages, we also had Caleb's message, Who Are You? It, it's the same kind of concept going service after service after service for at least three or four services now. Do you think that the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to us about our purpose? We need to wake up more and more to actually putting deeds to our mezuzahs. Now, are you guys with me tonight? Are you guys excited tonight? You didn't get too comfortable in your seats, did you? No? Your feet aren't falling asleep already? Your legs aren't tired? Okay. So we're going to do something a little bit, I won't say unorthodox because that's not, that doesn't seem right right now. We're going to do something a little bit out of the norm. It's going to take a little bit of boldness, but I believe that tonight the Lord is going to meet people's boldness with answers from the heavens. And what Treaster said at the beginning and some of the prophecies and interpretations of tongues that we had during the service just confirmed it all the more. So before we get into purpose and a little bit of mezuzahs, if, if you're bold... If you're courageous tonight and you don't have a purpose, I want you to raise your hand. We've got three in the room right now. Four. If you're by these people, put your hands on them. Put your hands on them right now, guys, because the Lord's going to do something special tonight. It's been prophesied. It's been talked about. The Lord's going to do it. We're hungry for it. I know that I know these four men personally, and I know that they're hungry for it. The Lord's going to open up minds and hearts tonight. He's going to show us. Pray with me, church. Mighty God. Jesus, we lift up our hands, Lord God, and we say, Lord, would you give us your mind? Lord, would you give us your heart tonight? Father, I pray for these four men. Lord Jesus, I pray that your spirit would come upon them right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, that what is happening in the heavens would be manifest on the earth. Lord God, that as these brothers, as these sisters lay their hands on these men, Lord God, that you would speak mightily into their lives. Lord God, that you would truly open up their hearts. Lord God, that there would be a genuine work of your spirit in their lives tonight, Lord God. That the heavens would touch earth right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, that families would be changed, Lord God. That directions of lives, Lord God, would be spoken for tonight. Lord God, that trajectories would be set in the name of Jesus tonight. Lord God, that these men would receive a touch that they would never forget. Lord, that they would know that you're speaking to them, Lord. And that it would be confirmed time and time again. Lord God, that they would get to work and put their hand to the plow and that they would not look back. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. He's going he's gonna to do something with that tonight. can promise you that. And that, my brothers and sisters, is exactly why I love this church. That's exactly why you guys are the real deal. Man. I want to start off tonight where Wade finished on Sunday morning. Matthew chapter 5. So let's turn there together. You know... If I'm being honest with myself, this week has been a little bit of a difficult week. And the really, really cool thing about our God is that he shows up in the difficulties. The really amazing thing about our God is when things get tough and when we get a little bit discouraged, if we look to the heavens, then he's there. If we look to him, if we look in his word, then he's there. If we open up our hearts to him, then he's there. If we submit ourselves to him, if we open ourselves up, then he's there. That was what one of the prophecies was talking about during worship tonight, wasn't it? Open up, expand your tent, allow the light of the Lord to come in and ravish you. Tonight, I know that I'm not alone. I know that some things have been difficult. But the Lord's light is permeating our hearts, and He's permeating our situations, and He's permeating our circumstances. He's permeating our families. He's changing situations that seem hopeless. He's doing it in our midst. If you have the eyes to see it, then you'll see it tonight, and you'll grab a hold of it, and you'll run with it, and you won't look back. Matthew 5, verse 14 You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. This is crazy to me because in John chapter 8, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. I'm the one. It says, Jesus spoke again to the people and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's, that's so curious to me, isn't it? One of the things that Satan wants most is that we live in a state of identity crisis. He wants our identity as much as possible not to be associated with the one that we follow. Not to be associated with the light of the world. And he'll do whatever it takes to choke out and to smush and to to try to deprive you of the light that rightfully belongs to the sons and daughters of God. Walking through our days, sometimes just lulled to sleep. Sometimes it's easy for us to be beat down, to stay that way for entirely too long. I am pleased to announce tonight that Satan is a lying liar. He is a lying liar. You guys agree with that statement? 
It says in this verse that whoever follows Jesus will have the light of life. I know you. You've counted the cost. You've already thrown your lot in with Jesus. Guys, you are that light. You are the light of the world. When it doesn't seem like you are, you are. JJ, you are the light of the world, brother. You're shining tonight. It's beautiful. Riazoras, you guys are the light of the world tonight. You don't have to strain at it. You just have to not be discouraged and know who you are. You are the light of the world, Keith. When you're doing whatever you do throughout the day, I know it's boss, but whatever it is, you are that light and you're shining it. You don't have to strain it. You just have to understand, this is who I am in Jesus. He said it. That settles it for me. I know that I'm shining. I know that I'm, I, I should not be discouraged, and so I'm not going to be. Because the Lord is going to bring me out of anything, any discouragement, anything that looks impossible. The Lord is able to do whatever, whatever it is that I need. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Can you guys say some things with me tonight? I'm going to take off the bowl and stand. I'm going to take off that bowl and stand. I don't know what the bowl is that's covering the light. I don't know what the discouragement is. Uh, I don't know exactly. I can't pinpoint that for everyone in the room. I know there's, there's definitely discouragement though. I know there's definitely maybe some apathy in here. But we're going to take the bowl off and we're going to stand and be the light. We're going to start with it right now. We're going to do it to the glory of God. Keep your finger here and turn to John 9 with me. John 9 verses 4 through 5 were special to me today because to tell you the truth, I never understood them. I read them. I wrestled with them. I read about them. I prayed. I contemplated, but I never understood Verse 4 says, as long as it is day, we must do the work of him, who, of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am still in the world, I am the light of the world. Anybody else a little bit interested about this verse? Like, when it becomes night, nobody can work. Jesus is the light, so what happens after Jesus left? Yeah, well, the really cool thing that we discovered tonight is that we're also the light. And so when Jesus left, the light didn't go anywhere. The light was still there. The thing about it is, is that when the light of life leaves us and darkness comes over, then that's death. And we can't work anymore. When the light of life leaves us, then our work is done. Whatever we've done or whatever we haven't done, that's it. So while there is still light inside of you and me, we're going to work. 
We're, we're going to absolutely give it our all. And guys, you're doing it. You're doing the work. You're, you're giving it. You're giving the effort. You're straining after the oars. You're going after it. You're focused. I am so encouraged by the way that you guys go after the Lord. I am so inspired by this congregation tonight. And I hope that it comes out during this message. You guys are an absolute inspiration to me. I know that you are an inspiration to these pastors. I know that it is their absolute joy. It's their joy to pastor you. Our elders here, it's their joy to pastor and be your elders because of the way that you go after it. Because of the light that you have that shines, that illuminates everything else around you. Let's go back to Matthew 5. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Look, let your light shine before men. We have the light and we have the life. Guys, we have the, the solution to the world's problems. We need to put ourselves before men as much as we can. We need to get out in the open. We need to get out in the darkness where light does not dwell. We need to go out there because we are so equipped. We have so much. We are so blessed. Guys, the, the level of, ratio, of revelation that dwells in this room is staggering. There's so much light here because Jesus is doing something special in each and every one of you, I'm looking out here, and there's not one that I'm looking at that Jesus isn't doing some sort of supernatural work in. What he's doing in your life is special, Paul. It's so special. It's time to go out into the darkness and expose what it is. It's time to let your light shine. It's time to get in front of men and, and affect their lives. It's time to break ourselves out of what we do in a day. And, and just do something different for a change. Just go see somebody for a change. Just go pray and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do this afternoon? I've got two hours. What place do you want me to go to? Bring a, bring a person to my mind. Bring some sort of darkness into my mind that I can go be the light for. Lord, fill me up and inspire me. I need your inspiration. I need your drive. I need you. It's time for us to do that because we just have so much. We're just so filled up. I need to pour it. Pour it out. How do I shine the light of Jesus to the rest of the world? When I get that direction, when I get that spiritual inclination, when I get that little, ooh, yeah, we should probably do this tonight, babe. Uh, I feel just this really small urge to go and do this, be with this family, to do this thing. Maybe, just maybe, just maybe like Jonathan and his armor bearer, armor bearer, just maybe we'll find somebody. For me, for Nick Aragina, I shine to the rest of the world by planting and appointing and rebuilding lives. That's what I'm called to do. So any day that I can look back and say, I've planted, I've tried to put people on firm ground, uh, I've tried to rebuild lives, and seen that in, in people, then that's a good day. Amen. 
the light has been shining. Any day that you can look back and say, this is what I'm created for, I can see that happening in this scenario. I can see that happening in this situation. Guys, don't let the devil steal that from you. That's a good day. That's a really, really, really good day. You're putting on those white garments. You're working for the Lord, and you're doing it, and you've got the real thing. Revelation. Let's go over to chapter 19. I love Revelation chapter 19. I especially love something that the Lord's been showing me about Revelation chapter 19 lately. You guys there? In verse 6, we have something special. It says, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright was given her to wear and fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints you see everybody fine linen is a real attention getter fine linen when somebody's wearing fine linen guys do you remember those of you out there who might be married you remember when you walked out saw your wife on, on the wedding day, she was wearing those fine linen garments. Remember how affecting that was? I mean, I can close my eyes and literally be, be back, right back to that moment. I remember exactly where we were. I remember exactly how she looked. She's looking better and better every day, to be honest. I remember exactly how I felt when she was wearing those fine linen garments. You see, there's a reason. There's a reason why brides put on fine linen, linen garments. And there's a reason why they look beautiful in them. For me, I don't know, it seems kind of weird. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. That's weird. That's, that's like cross-dresser status. I'm not supposed to be putting on fine linen garments like that. So I felt kind of weird about it when I read it. And I was like, yeah, that's amazing for my wife, my bride, but... What about me? Like, I don't, I know this is probably a cultural issue, Holy Ghost, but I'm feeling weird about this right now until I, you know, what, what's the answer to everything? Keep reading, right? So let's go to verse 11. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true. With justice, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire. And on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood. Okay, we're getting a little bit more masculine now. And his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Now, if I know LCM men, I know one thing. I know that you guys right now are in some kind of war. And I know that you know it. And I know that whether you're discouraged or not, whether you're feeling beat up or not, whether you've got kinks in your sword, you've got cuts in your side, whether you're bleeding, whatever it is, 
I know that you're still fighting. I know that you've still got your sword in your hand, and I know that you're still going after it. Because it's true, we are in a war. But guys, the, the war that we're in right now, that we're learning how to fight, is a special one. Because it's just a shadow of the war that we get to ride in when Jesus returns. You see, there is an army. It's not just any army. It's the army of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not just our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, with an army. It's the greatest army riding into the greatest battle that has ever been or will ever be. And those that are wearing fine garments, white linen robes, they will be the ones that march in with him. The ones that have been fighting today will be the ones that fight with him then. The ones that have blood, that are bloodied on their shirts, they will be the ones that have white, clean garments that, that day, and they will not be defeated. Guys, that's going to be us. That is going to be us. We will ride in with our Savior, and we will dominate the powers of wickedness. But until that time, we got some work to do, guys. Until that time, we got to think about what are we called to do right now? Because it's true, I'm, I'm, I'm longing for that resurrection. I'm longing for the return of Jesus. I'm longing for that moment when I get to ride in with Him with fine white linen garments and ride in to battle and defeat the enemies of God and see death put underfoot once and for all and see this world restored once and for all. But what are we doing right now, church? We're in a battle right now. And we're winning. And we're winning the battle, guys. Wade was reading an an article just a little while ago. We were discussing it today. Made me think about some of these concepts. The title is The World's Oldest Woman. 128. She says she's been miserable every day of her life, and her long life is a punishment from God. That, that kind of shocked me. When, when, I, when I saw that article, I was a little bit shocked, to be honest. A Russian woman is claiming to be the oldest person in the world, but says her upcoming 129th birthday is nothing but punishment. Koku Istanbulova. I think I nailed that. from Chechnya, says that she has not had a single happy day in her entire life and has no idea how she managed to live this long. Guys, this, it's kind of hilarious, but if we're real about it, it, it's really, I mean, she's just being honest. I mean, all the other people are like, this has been the best life. I drink and smoke every day of my life. And, you know, I, I had all these kids and you know, they're, they're faking it. This woman, she's actually being real and she's saying, I wish I would just die. I lived way too long. I out, outlived all the pleasures and, and carnality that I could pack into my life and now I'm, <laughs> I just want to die. Just let me stop breathing. I'm waiting for that moment. She's, she's missing purpose. She's missing why she's on the earth. She's missing it all. If I'm really being honest, some days I feel like her. Turn with me, Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to be starting in verse 27. 
You guys there? No skis, are you there? Yes. You got, the, you got the digital, man. Beat everybody in the house. Verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. I got to tell you guys, I've been right there so many times. More times than I would like to count. I don't know about you, but I have been Right there, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded. Uh, can you, any, anybody else relate to that? Come on, man. The Lord isn't with me like he used to be. The Lord isn't working in my life like he used to be. The Lord has forgotten about what he spoke to me. That's, that's, that is nothing but the lying liar trying to snuff out the light that you already are. So, in a second, just like we were holding a paper towel, we're just going to drop it. Those thoughts are gone. They're done. No more of that. Because the truth of the matter is, is that you are so much farther than you have been. You are so much more on track than you have been. You are so much more equipped than you have been. You are so much more of an encouragement than you have been. You look so much more than like Christ than you have in the past. Guys, you are a success in every way. Keep going. Keep it up. Keep going in the small things. Keep going in the big things. It doesn't matter what's put before you. Dominate it. We're in a battle. Do you not know, verse 28, Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. That is awesome. He is an everlasting God. He does not tire. He does not grow weary. He's not like us, but he can certainly help us. He's not like us, but he can certainly help us, church. When I'm tired, when I'm weary... When you're those things, we have a God that's not like that, but He can certainly help us get out of it. He can certainly direct our path. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. It's water. It's water to my soul. Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. Even as a youth, even as a young man in this church, and our young men run hard. Our young men run very, very hard. I I look at them, and I am proud. I'm proud of the generation coming up. I'm proud of these young men that are so much farther, are so much more serious, so much more committed. Guys, look, look at the next generation. When so many are blowing that generation off. I mean, literally just casting them aside for their own passions and desires. Guys, the next generation coming up, you guys love, nurture, care for, correct, rebuke, encourage, train. Do it all for the sake of them. You give time. You give effort. You give money. You give help. You're doing it. 
And, and the proof is in the generation coming after you. Keep up the good work. Even the youth, even the young man can grow tired and weary sometimes. Even when his vision and his purpose are fresh. Even at that point, there can be a time of stumble. There can be a time when you fall. How much more after laboring years or decades in the same purpose? How much more tired? How much more weary after laboring years or decades with the same direction, the same call to stay faithful and to keep going? Tonight, we need to refresh our purpose, church. It's tonight where we need to put our purpose in the forefront of our minds and hearts and refresh it. Ask the Lord to bring life into it again. Ask the Lord to, to bring fresh fire into it again. Ask the Lord to bring fresh passion into our purpose again. Because if even our youth can grow tired and weary, stumble and fall, even with a fresh purpose, how much more do we need it? At 20, I think I'm 28. At 28 years old, I, 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 even now I feel my joints. Even now, I know that, that these muscles aren't the same as they, had, as they were 10 years ago. Even now, I know that, that my physical body is not what it is. Come on, Gabriel Arias. Come on, man. Even now, I know that it's not the same. How much more your purpose? How much more those spiritual joints? How much more those spiritual passions? We need a refreshment tonight. Verse 31 but those who hope in the Lord will, somebody say will, will. renew their strength. Amen. Guys, this is one of the craziest things. That word, I have no idea why. That word renew. First instance. You don't, you don't even have to go there, but it's Genesis 35, verse 2. It says, So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Get rid of the foreign gods you have with you, purify yourselves, and change your clothes. Renew. Change your clothes. Look, I don't care what kind of clothes you've been putting on. I don't care what, what kind of clothes you put on this morning in the spiritual sense. I don't care what kind of clothes you put on during the day today. Guys, we can have a renewal tonight. We can have a, an actual spiritual change of clothes where when we walk out of here, it is at the forefront of our, our minds and we are so burning for the purpose that God put us on this planet for that we cannot help but to go after it. We cannot help but to put on different clothes tomorrow morning when we wake up. We cannot help but to be exactly who the Lord called us to be. Who wants that? I want that with all of my heart. The Lord has been so good to speak to me. He's been so good to speak to you, to show you exactly why it is that you're here. Now we got to renew it. Now we got to freshen it up just a little bit. 
And we have to have the humility to say, yeah, the clothes that I put on today, I can do better than that. I I put on a shirt and some shorts today, but it's a cold world out there. I'm going to need a big old jacket and some boots maybe. I need to put on a little bit more. A little more of those good deeds because it's a cold world, guys. It's a cold world and there are hungry people. They will soar on wings like eagles. That's an ascension to a higher place. That's where I'm going tonight, and I know you guys are coming with me. They will run and not grow weary. You're going to run. You're not going to lose energy or spirit from hopeless responses to any adversity that come your way. They will walk, and they will not be faint. Your walk, your holoka. You're going to holoka the ways of the Lord. You're going to holoka the revelation that He gave you. You're going to holoka your purpose, and you won't be exhausted or tired out from it. Your physical body might be tired, but in your spiritual man, you will be more alive than you ever have been. Come on. Let's holoka. Let's holoka what the Lord has spoken to us. Let's renew it. You're not going to faint. That word faint, it's used of a strong iron worker who exhausts himself constructing a vain, useless idol, i.e. something devoid of purpose. It's, it's out of here. We're kicking it out. We're kicking the faintness out of our lives tonight and we're renewing our purpose we're going to refresh our purpose be renewed elevated and energized proverbs 29 18 i had the amazing opportunity to have some lunch with some brothers today and we were talking me, Michael, Assad, and Linton, we're sitting at the table. And we're talking about a subject, and Assad goes, oh my gosh, some scripture that has been just rolling around ever since last Friday is Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. I was like, oh my goodness. I'll be right back. And I ran over to the computer, started typing furiously, because that's exactly the scripture that I needed, brother. Thank you for being led by the Holy Ghost today. <laughs> Proverbs 29.18 says, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Where there is no revelation, the direction that you have is pretty much everywhere and anywhere that you might want. When you have no purpose, you're kind of just, well, that could be it, or down this aisle, maybe? I don't know, maybe I'm supposed to Squeeze through there. So I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what direction. I, I, I have no rails to kind of guide me. I, I, I'm sorry. Why, I, why if I, I, just, I, I don't really know what we're doing. I just kind of know we're supposed to be here, but I don't know. Guys, the revelation is available. It, it's available to you. What we did earlier, the Lord, the Lord is going to do something special with that. The Lord will do something special with that heart that we saw earlier, gentlemen. He's going to do something special with it. I promise you that. Young's literal translation just messed me up. You ready for it? Without a vision is a people made naked. And whoso is keeping the law, oh, his happiness. Put on your clothes tonight, church. Without that vision, 
without it right in front of your face, right in front of your heart, without it renewed, without it at the forefront of your mind. You go naked. (laughs) You got nothing. You got no clothes to wear. You're running around. You're a little bit embarrassed because of your current state. Put on your clothes tonight, church. Do whatever it takes. Over and over and over again, the Holy Ghost is just, put on your clothes. Put on your clothes, church. You've got what it takes. Judges 6.14, go in the strength you have. That was the word tonight, the interpretation in tongues. Go in the strength you have, church. You have what it takes. You've got, you've got it. Now go, run with it. Go find, find whatever it is that the Lord is is telling you to do that day. Go find it and go do it and go accomplish it. Go fight for it. Matthew chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 5. You guys ever read about the centurion? Matthew chapter 8. I read about the centurion today. Do you know how good the Holy Spirit is? <laughs> just thinking about it, just... I can't, I can't help it. He's so good. He's so good to us. Verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, Asking for help, Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. Up to this point, nothing particularly stood out to me at all. In fact, it's very much like the dozens of other stories in the Gospels that I had read about Jesus going to heal people. Nothing particularly striking. And then I kept reading. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth. I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I'm thinking to myself, what in the world did he do? What, what was it that showed his great faith? Because I want to be a man of great faith. Uh, whatever great thing that the Lord calls you and me to do, I, I want you to do it and I want to do it because I, I feel like that, that gives me great faith, right? The, the greater the, the, greater the uh, item sitting in front of you, the greater the leap is the greater the faith, right? I'm going to read verse 9 one more time. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go and he goes, and that one, come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Guys, the thing that astonished Jesus in this story 
wasn't that the centurion had the faith to see somebody healed. Many people had that. It was that he recognized the importance of faithful obedience over time. He saw that in the centurion. He saw the centurion's faithful obedience under authority, people under him, and faithfully obeying day by day by day. And he looked at him and he was astonished and he said, that man has great faith. Oh my goodness. Guys, it's not the, it's not the time where you laid your hands and you saw a great healing. Guys, it's, it's not the time where there was a huge chasm and you jumped. Those are great and all. But we have some men and women of great faith in this church that day by day by day are faithfully obedient to the call of God on their lives. Guys, I, this, we're full of a church of men and women of great faith. We're full of it. I'm looking out here. I'm looking at you guys. I'm looking at Rick and Susan. Great faith is found when watching the Lahans jumping at every small opportunity to pour out their lives and resources in service to others. That is what I call great faith. Great faith is found when watching the Ariuses continually capitalize on the chance to light up somebody else's soul with the revelation that the Lord's put inside of them. That's what I call great faith, church. Great faith is found when the Molochs, who are consistently looking to repair and restore and strengthen foundations and homes, go, go right about their business and do it consistently, day after day. That is what I call great faith. And that's what the Lord calls great faith. Miss Patricia? Miss Patricia called the shop today to make an appointment because her brake pedal went all the way to the floor and I think she almost died. I got off the phone with Miss Patricia. As soon as I got off, AJ looks up at me and she says, is that Miss, the Miss Patricia from church that really loves Jesus? Consistency and faithful obedience over years. That is what great faith looks like, church. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. Verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. Look, because of his chains, Paul says, because of the difficult times that he had, the chains were not in Paul's itinerary. Paul did not say, in a year, I plan on putting myself to the chains. It's going to be some great work. It's going to be some incredible leap of faith. That is not what Paul said. The chains 
were something that he did not expect. The chains were something that was hard. But guess what? Just like our brothers and sisters in Chivai, Peru right now, Paul took those chains and he encountered the whole palace guard and he flipped them upside down for the gospel. Just like our brothers and sisters are doing in Chivai, Peru. He flipped the whole place upside down for the gospel. And the brothers and the sisters were looking at Paul and they're saying, Oh my goodness, I'm so encouraged right now. My gosh, Paul's consistency day after day after day to be the, exactly the man that the Lord called him to be. To keep preaching the gospel. To keep being bold with his purpose and his function. To keep going after it. That inspired the church. Guys, I'm looking out at, at a group of people that inspires me every day. Because whether you're in something that you think you should be in or something that's completely out of your agenda, it doesn't matter. You're turning your workplaces upside down for the gospel. You're turning your families upside down for the gospel. You're challenging the the closest brothers that you have. I'm encouraged tonight, church. I hope you can tell how encouraged I am. You're doing it. You are doing it. Paul's purpose was Paul's purpose, and it didn't matter. Didn't matter whether he was getting whooped. Didn't matter whether he was in Turkey, whether he was in Israel, whether he was off some crazy coast somewhere on a deserted island. It didn't matter where he was. His purpose was his purpose. I don't know where a lot of people are, but I know exactly where you guys are. And I can tell you tonight that your purpose is your purpose. Keep going after it. Keep performing your purpose with all the strength and vigor that the Lord will give you. With all the tenacity that you know how to muster. With everything that you've got. I know where you are and you're here. Keep going. Keep it up. Just like the brothers were inspired by Paul, I'm inspired. I'm inspired by Ibrahim and Eve. Connecting people to the heart of the Father and to His kingdom. While they sell houses. While they help people find a place to live. While they help people move. Connecting people to the heart, to, to the heart of the Father. That's kingdom kind of stuff. Zacharias. I'm inspired. I'm inspired by Rob. Teaching, speaking fervently about the true character of Jesus in some of the hardest settings that there possibly is. With some of the people that are the closest by blood to him. And he's standing firm. And he's going after it. And he's not backing down because he knows. He knows the good deposit that he has. Does that inspire you, church? That inspires me. I'm inspired by the Thomases. I am inspired by the Thomases. Reflecting the restorative light of God's word while travailing for spiritual and physical children. That's inspiring. My goodness. I'm inspired by the Robinsons. By Assad and his family. I'm inspired with their persistent joy. 
no matter what. No matter what. Assad, I've never, ever seen you and not been lifted in my spirit and inspired by your life. (laughs) I love you, brother. We could go on and on and on tonight because the families and the future families of LCM are inspiring. And that's just the truth of it. We're going to have to come to a close sometime. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 50. Verse 2 says, When I came, why was there no one? When I called, why was there no one to answer? Was my arm too short to ransom you? Do I lack the strength to rescue you? You can never, ever, ever think too much about what the Lord has ransomed you from and what he has ransomed you into. You can never think about that enough. You can never think about the life that you had before Christ. And what, what an amazing thing he's brought each and every one of us into. What an amazing call he's put on each and every one of our lives. What an amazing family he's brought us into. What an amazing future that each and every one of us in this room have. You can never think about that too much. He's made you brave and stout-hearted. There's only one way to respond to the call of God like that. It's to be everything that he's called you to be. Stand up with me. I want to encourage you guys tonight. I know that the Holy Spirit has just been injecting people's souls with life. I know that he's been doing that. I want to encourage you. If you don't have what you need, what you know that you need yet, don't stop. This time right here could be your moment. It could be that moment where the Lord speaks. It could be that moment where the Lord says, this is it, my son. This is why. And you travailed for it and you fought for it. You deserve it. It could be your moment tonight. For most of us in the room, this is our moment to refresh that purpose. This is that moment to knock the dust off of it. Say, Lord, I've been doing it. I've been travailing. I've been going after it. Oh my goodness, Lord, I want to so much more. Oh my goodness, Lord, I want to I run with the same tenacious heart that I had for the things of the world before you saved me. I want to have that tenacity and that passion that far, excel, far exceeds what I was before I came into you, before you saved my soul. Give me a passion for what you created me to be. Give me a, a, just something inside of me that says I must. I must. Because the Lord's been so good to me. I must because it's what he created me to do. I must. Because it's light now, but dark is coming. And Lord, you're so worth it. 
Lord, you're so worth it. Whatever it is, guys, let's, let's do it tonight. Pray with me.